This is Be Money Simple, where we make money simple so you can become rich and wealthy. Remember, I'm not an investment advisor. Please consult with your investment professionals before you make any changes to your portfolio. This is Be Money Simple, where we start building your knowledge to build your wealth. I'm Hank, and welcome to Be Money Simple. Why not just buy an ETF? And let me explain what an ETF is and what I think about it. So an ETF is really a group of stocks that a financial company or bank puts together in different themes. For example, you could have a, a real estate ETF, REIT, which invests in publicly traded REITs. And you just buy one share of this because it represents a bunch of pieces of other companies. And the idea being it's mindless. You don't have to think about it. Experts are deciding when to buy and sell. You get paid a regular dividend. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about it at all. Now, many people suggest that if you're not into, you know, really looking, doing the work, that these are better than nothing. And I would have to agree. But at what cost? So this was motivated by my getting into something that I did years ago. So years ago, when I had a job working for someone else, which was very briefly, I had accumulated some $7,000 or so in, uh, in a retirement fund, they called it, which I could move and manage it myself. It was about 25 years ago. So I did that more than 25 years ago, but I took it out after 25 years. So I put it in and it was kind of like my education. I used it to buy and sell stocks, invest, all that kind of stuff. And at the end, because of some lucky moves, my seven became worth 97,000 some dollars. Over the course of 25 years, that represents an 11.0 something percent return every year for 25 years. So I did pretty well. I got lucky, gotta admit, a lot of luck because I was doing stuff I didn't know what I was doing and taking risks and losing some, gaining whatever. But long story short, it worked out pretty well. So at the time I could take out half even though it was an investment fund, and, the, and it would be taxable. But the other half I had to put in what was called a life income fund, which I did. Now, the life income fund I put into an ETF that I've just described, which is supposed to be a low-cost um, type of mutual fund where you're, you're buying something that experts are managing. And I had one that was a balanced fund. So that means there are some bonds in it, there's some stocks and blah, 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 and it's kind of mysterious, but you get paid a dividend. And with an with a LIF fund, every month they pay me a little tiny bit, like a pension until I croak. That's the idea. There's enough money in there until I die, even though it's a very small amount. And um, it goes on. And I started looking at the return since that fund started. It was 4.5%, which was pretty disgusting when I compared it to my 11 percent that I'd made on my own. So my thought is, I've got to get that out of there and manage it myself if possible. So I'm going to work on that next week and I'll do a future podcast on how that goes, even though it's a small amount that's left. I still think little bits become big bits, as the bees say, and I think it's important to take care of those little things. But I started to take a deep dive thinking, okay, if I were a person starting out today, like most people don't have time. They don't want to dig into this stuff. They don't want to do all the work maybe that we do on occasion. So what if we bought an ETF? So I, I looked at two ETFs. Now, these are just examples. I'm not picking on anybody because I use them to bank. But there's something called the BMO REIT ETF. 
and the symbol is ZRE. So it's a basket of REIT, publicly traded REIT stocks that they put into one, basically, and you buy shares in this one thing, ZRE, and it's managed by experts. This fund pays you 5.59% on a dividend. Since it started around 2010, it's increased about 6.64%. That's the return. So when you compare it to my 11%, uh, not so good. 6.64% is actually what the market overall has done, they say, over time in the Toronto market. But long story short, you don't have to think about it. You just put it in, close your eyes. Now, there's a second one that I wanted to look at called a BMO Bank ETF, and that symbol is ZEB, ZEB. Now, since it started in 2009, it's paid back 8.9% annually. That's the, re that's the return increase in value. So they look pretty good, and you say, well, they, and that one pays as well uh, a dividend in the 5% plus range. So you look at that and you say, well, that's, that's pretty good. Close your eyes. Buy those two. Uh, you make a monthly dividend, and over time you'll do okay. And you probably will. But here's what I really got me going. I had a return to what my return was over 25 years. And by the way, these are uh, returns of about uh, 23 and 24 years that they, that they report. But there's, a, there's what's called an expense ratio. And even though ETFs aren't like the old mutual funds that would charge you 1% or 2%, the REIT, for example, charges 0.65% of a management fee. So that's just over half a percent per year is subtracted for a management fee. And the bank one is somewhat less because remember, there's only a few banks in Canada. They're all Canadian banks. So basically, these dudes are buying these banks every time you put in your money. And there's only five or six of them they want to buy anyway because that's the banks in Canada. We don't have that many. And they collect around half a percent for doing that. So let's just use half a percent. Let's forget the 0.6-something, 5 on the REIT. Let's just say on average you're paying half a percent when you buy an ETF because you can buy, there's so many different types of these ETFs. But what would that do to an investment? So for fun, I said, okay, what if I had $20,000 in a retirement account um, and I wanted to, and it, say it's an RSP or some kind of, it can be a non-registered uh, account, but let's assume I have 20 grand I've saved up. And I want to add 500 a month. I'm going to do a savings, a real tough savings plan. And I'm going to buy these REITs, these two REITs, over 30 years uh, because it's my retirement. When I do that, with the posted um, returns they show, and I went with 8% on average, and I said, um, what if I was making um, 8%? I would have $963,894 in 30 years. But if I subtract the half a percent, I've got $862,000 or roughly $100,000 less based on that expense fee that I'm paying. Now, if you look at the banks, we're talking about, you know, the five big banks. We know who they are. So instead of buying shares in those banks, if you bought the ETF that actually represents the shares of those bank, it, banks, it's going to cost you $100,000 less on your retirement. And I thought, okay, what if I'm really young and I'm 25 
and I want to do this for 40 years because I'm working or I have a business and for 40 years I'm going to sock it away. I have 20 grand now. I'm going to add 500 a month, which is a lot, but I'm going to scrimp and save. I might even get an extra job to do that. What is the difference if I use 40 years? $300,000 less just on that half a percent. So if I if I do it myself and just buy a basket of those banks myself, I'd have 2.2 million. If I use the ETF, I'd have 1.9. So the difference, if assuming assuming I'm I'm, you know, I have the discipline to keep doing this every month. So one month I'll buy or maybe if I if I have four banks, four times a year I'll buy each bank. So I'll buy BMO once and then I'll wait 3 months whatever, buy the other and so on. Bottom line is you own the same bank stocks that the ETF does, but you're not paying the fees and you're managing it yourself. What does it mean to manage it yourself? It means you click a button a few times to buy those stocks if you think they're a good idea. Or if it's the REIT, you take a basket of REITs and you do the same. Or maybe you do both, combine both of them to, to reduce your risk. Whatever you do. My point is, ETFs are great because they're, you know, basically you buy one thing and you add diversity and you get a return. But you are paying a heck of a lot of money for that, that sort of uh, easy, easy way to not think about it. Let me tell you a bit about what I'm going to do. Before I keep going, I just want to ask if you could help me for a second and click subscribe if you're listening to this podcast. That will help us greatly because right now a lot of people download it, but they don't subscribe. And that way you'll stay in touch with each each episode as we download it. Also remember, you can go to bemoneysimple.org and subscribe to my weekly newsletter by the same name which will give you a free copy of my book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment. So if you could subscribe and also go to bemoneysimple.org, subscribe to the newsletter, that's going to help greatly in our able to achieve our goals and you achieve your goals of financial freedom. Let's get back to the show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at a way that I can flip my current ETF, which is a balanced one at BMO that pays about 4.5% into a stock fund where I can invest the following. What I'm going to do is break it up into these three or four companies. I'm going to pick up European Residential REIT. You know I've beaten that one to death, but I love it. And one of the reasons I really feel confident is for myself, I'm not saying you should do this, please talk to your investment advisors, is because of the downside, I believe the risk is limited. Uh, the second uh, and third are both banks, Bank of Nova Scotia and Laurentian Bank. I may also pick up some Dream Residential REIT. And to polish it all off, a new healthcare company I'm looking into that I'm going to talk about in the next podcast, which I'm quite excited about. So I'm going to do this myself and manage it myself. Now I'm looking at a probably 20-year, if I'm lucky, timeline, but that's okay. I think I can beat the current 4.5% I'm getting in this uh, ETF. Now think for a minute, if you're in a system, say you're, you're investing in something from work where you're, you're in a, uh, they call them, I think, management retirement plans here in Canada, where you actually put in some money out of your, they take money out of your salary, the um, company adds to it. And then it's sitting there, and then they you have a choice to buy certain mutual funds or ETFs. I don't believe 
you have an option to trade and buy the actual, say, bank stocks if you wanted. But you really do, if you have a choice, you really do need to look at what's called the management expense ratio and the management fees. What does it cost you each year from your investment to be able to use that ETF or mutual fund? And use the calculator I've provided. So if it's um, if you're paying 1%, my gosh, I hope not, take the amount that you're putting in every month and the timeline and, and so on and just change the percentages based on doing it alone or doing it on that 1%. The bottom line is try to get, if you can't do um, you know, a basket of stocks, what I would do is I would, if I couldn't do a basket of stocks, I would simply pick the lowest um, management expense ratio with something like a, uh, a REIT or a real estate ETF or a bank ETF. Probably a bank would be my first choice because they're going to get beat up a lot in the next while. So might be nice to be purchasing those on a, on a regular monthly basis as the price starts to crash. So that's the brief ETF uh, description. If I had a choice between, if I was young and I could either do an ETF, let's say I didn't want to do any stock stuff because it's just boring or I, I don't want to put time into it. If it was an ETF or a GIC or some kind of bond thing, I would definitely do the ETF version because it's not going to get me the same return as if I took the responsibility on my own, but it would certainly beat what happens. Now, this I don't know anything about the taxes on an on an ETF. The good news is if they're in your retirement plan, everything gets taxed when you take it out. I guess that's bad news, but every year you don't have to worry about it if it's in a retirement plan. Um, if it's uh, outside of a registered plan, you need to talk to your accountant to figure out um, how the taxation works on the dividends you get. So that's my take on the ETFs. Remember, every bank has them. So wherever you bank, whether in Canada, it could be you know TD, BMO. You can also buy ETFs put out by financial companies uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Remember, it's risky, just like anything else. You're buying something that represents or includes parts of the publicly traded stocks. So they're up and down, just like stocks. I think this year's uh, the one ETF I looked at, the bank ETF is down some 9%, and most REIT, uh, REIT ETFs are down well over 10% this year. Uh, but you hold them for the long term, so that shouldn't make any difference. I'm Hank for Be Money Simple. Have a great one. We'll talk again next time. At Be Money Simple, our goal is to help you achieve financial freedom. To remind you, remember, you can pick up some swag. All the money from t-shirts and hat sales go directly to our Wildflower Bee Farm. Go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and click on the uh, store button and pick up some swag today.